talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt, who's probably going to start talking in a British accent. Maybe a little high spell setter because it's a girl. No, I was going to say <laughs> that our names spelled backwards are Tam and Yeblechs. So that's how that's what we should go by in this episode, because, you know, that's how codes work. You just spell things backwards or unscramble some words. You bless. You bless. You bless. No, it's not a sh because the S is at the end. It's like bleh with a Y at the front and an S on the back, which I don't I feel like that, you know, basically wraps up your personality. Sort of like bleh. That's really, really, really rude way to start this episode. Okay. We're doing some women empowerment stuff. We're talking about Enola Holmes. And you're just trying to drag me down with your bad jokes. Like what? (laughs) Not bad. Great jokes. Very funny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a movie that came out on Netflix. (laughs) And uh, we're doing it because there's nothing else happening but I will say I was excited about it. I finally watched the trailer like a week ago and I was like, you know what? This looks kind of cute. I'm not like the biggest Millie Bobby Brown fan. I'm not always into like, I don't know, the quirky like period pieces, but it looked cute and sweet and kind of interesting. I'd heard some like whispers around it. And so I was like, you know what? This will be fun. Let's do it. <laughs> It was the number one thing on Netflix. It beat out Ratchet, which I did not watch, but heard was terrible. The new, uh, what's his favorite, Ryan Murphy show. The thing that I found so strange with Enola Holmes was not, like, aside from the content, it was just like the marketing about this. I feel like I heard nothing about this. And granted, yes, it's a Netflix movie, but the cast is a like a big name cast. It's mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Helena Bonham Carter. Like these are not just like your your yeah, your typical like run of the mill, like C list Netflix talent. Yeah. Like these are heavy hitters and this felt like a movie that could have been in theaters if it had wanted to. I mean, it was a Netflix movie, but I'm just yeah. surprised that they that there wasn't more like oomph or buzz or something around it because I feel like no, they no, Netflix probably ran the numbers and was like promoting doesn't do anything these days, so why bother? Yeah, we'll just stick it on there at the homepage <laughs> and people will watch it. Yeah, there's nothing else going on. No noise to cut through. But it has done like very well. It, even when I looked at it, which was the day it came out, it had like it currently has 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with like an average review of like 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So it's like a well-received film. Audiences have enjoyed it. it. Yeah, it has the big cast going for it. It's sort of a fresh take on a very tried, you know, storyline, which is the idea of Sherlock Holmes. But this is about her, his little sister and her little journey. And so, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm I'm sad because I didn't end up liking it as much as I thought I would. And I am kind of surprised by the oh, really? high praise. Yeah. Oh, I sort of liked it. <laughs> I mean, I going into it, I was like, ugh, Millie Bobby Brown, who I, we've talked about plenty of times on the podcast before, as yeah. sort of like 
preteen, thinks she's like the hottest <laughs> thing that's ever been. And I think especially in the last season of Stranger Things and in just in her appearances, she sort of is headed down that Chloe Grace Moretz path of like, <laughs> I am a great actress. Like I'm very what? good. And and well and I was worried that she was that there was gonna be some kind of like that vibe in this of oh, of like sweet. I like I'm a de- I'm a detective whatever and I found her very very charming yeah. very likable very down to earth throughout the whole thing it's a mystery sort of like a fun romp her and this uh like cute little love interest that she has they're all wearing period clothes we got some famous british actors popping up here and there and all in all, I felt like this is the exact type of movie that I would have loved as a middle schooler. It feels right at home in the like Agent Cody Banks, <laughs> Spy Kids sort of like universe okay. of I think you're paid teenagers. I'm in. Like, I was into it. <laughs> who's getting you to drop the Agent Cody Banks and Big no, Fat Liar? Here's every the thing. I episode. I have thought about this so <laughs> many times about how. When we were growing up, there was all kinds of actually in the theater live action movies for children that had like actors in there. Yeah. Who were like 12 to 16 years old. And now they do not. Was that in theaters? Yes. Clock Stoppers. (laughs) I I mean, just so like so many great movies. (laughs) And and now. Everything that's in theaters is either like a PG-13 Marvel movie or it's an animated movie for like younger kids. There's none of yeah. these like tween uh these these tween action adventure movies and I feel like maybe where they're going is to Netflix cuz mm-hmm. this feels like it's for that age range. Like yeah. if I was in 7th grade, I would love watching this movie. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And it wasn't a bad movie. Like, I don't want people to think I thought that. I just... You just hate women. I, yeah, that's my Is emo. that where we this is going? That. No, but it is interesting. I mean, Millie Bobby Brown and her sister are listed as producers on this. I guess her family owns a production company because, of course, they do. And so Millie Bobby Brown's little, her older sister, Paige, was a big fan of these books, um, the Enola Holmes books. And she pictured Millie Bobby Brown as sort of this Enola character and was like, we should buy the rights and start planning for this so that when you're actually old enough, you can do this movie. And so they did because that's just like casual, you know, classic teen behavior. You just get your Mm -hmm. dad to buy the rights to a book for you to star in. My question was... Is her fam like is she nepotism? Was her family really well off beforehand, or was this like oh because she was in Stranger Things and was famous that then she got this production company oh, yeah, like no pr- quote unquote production company and then they got the rights to this book? Because honestly, it takes very like to be a production company is not hard. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't have to have any money to do that. So oh my gosh, should we start one? We but we could definitely start a production start company. One? I mean, we might never produce anything, but we could start a production company. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a financier. I mean, yeah, I'm sure she, you know, I don't know. I don't think she came from nothing, but I don't know if she came from like the Hollywood elite or whatever. Gotcha. But 
can she does we'll have this uh she did i'm gonna uh, look it up while yeah <laughs> so she got this plan she uh she's the producer on it it's sort of her passion project she was very excited about it it's cute that she got to do this with her sister and i think you can tell that the, there was a lot of like love and care in it for her because i do think sometimes she does get a bad rap of being like a I don't know, like a drama queen or like melodramatic. And I'm like, she's a teenager, guys. We have to lay off the criticism of Millie Bobby Brown. But you also have, so it's based on the young adult detective novel by Nancy Springer. And I'm then, not seeing anything on Wikipedia about her parents being famous oh, or well, rich. They probably, oh, yeah. She was born in Spain, but then, <laughs> then they moved to Florida. Classic, yeah. Which as feels one does. wild. <laughs> Now she divides her time between London and Atlanta. Ooh, what a life. Uh, But she wasn't in anything until 2013 when she would have been like 11. So, yeah, I don't know. That was definitely her breakout. So it might just be that her family decided to get on board um, once she had Stranger Things. Anyways, back to what you were saying. Yeah, so uh, you have the novel based on Nancy Springer and then you have the screenplay by Jack Thorne who worked on the cursed child which is probably uh, at this point is the cursed child <laughs> actually just harry potter franchise yeah the only thing still remaining i guess um i just like a quick aside okay. on harry potter and jk rowling <laughs> dear yeah. lord that woman knows yeah. how to dig a hole for herself oh, i so she she writes these mystery books under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. Yeah. And a new one of them came out and I heard it was bad. And I don't think it's selling well, but I read all of the others. So now (laughs) I'm like, I want to read the new one, oh, but I, but it's no, like, I remember do you're I on a new to? woke level. You've, I know, you've but I, as a person, but I like those <laughs> books and I want to see what happens. Read the Wikipedia article. That's what I do. Well, that's not, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> I either, I either don't want to know or I want to read well, them. So I'm don't struggling with myself. That's the end of that tangent. It's, it's over. JK Rowling canceled. You can't give her a single penny more. You can keep your, the Harry Potters you already own, but <laughs> quit going to Harry Potter world. And also, we as a podcast will never cover a single um, Fantastic Beast movie ever again. So that's oh just... <laughs> no, Shelby, no. When that next that's one comes out, it's going to be it's so over. bad. We have to go it's see o- it. We are not. What if it's, it's the Titanic fine. again? We'll have to find <laughs> out. Was it the Titanic? Also, who is Voldemort's cousin or whatever? Abernathy Holmes or whatever the person's name is. We'll yeah. revisit this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll have to see the next dumpster yeah. fire of a cursed child movie. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, Jack Thorne writes Harry Potter Cursed Child, and now he's written the screenplay for Enola Holmes. And the director is Harry Bradbeer, who I think his biggest, like, sort of work was doing a bunch of the Fleabag episodes. So, sort of well known director, but I don't know if he's done a lot of films. Um, so kind of this motley it, crew and they put together this movie in this year, last year, I mean, and, uh, here we are watching it though. I did feel like I could see the killing Eve flea bag right. vibes going on. I mean, one, because Enola Holmes does like break the fourth wall and talk to the audience a lot, which I thought was a fun element of the film, just like flea bag does. Mm-hmm. But also I thought that. Some of the way it's shot and the, you know, 
angles and locations and stuff reminded me a little bit of Killing Eve once I, you know, was sort of like thinking about it in mm-hmm. that vein. Mm-hmm. And it that is kind of a weird combination because Fleabag obviously did so, so well. And I guess maybe this kind of snuck in there where he was developing it before Fleabag really broke out. So that's why yeah. he's making this because it does feel like a weird thing for someone to go from Fleabag to this, which I mean, Fleabag was so acclaimed yeah. and this is just sort of like a kid's movie, whatever. <laughs> but I thought that helped it. I yeah. I thought that that lended some quality to a Netflix film that could have been sort of cheap and bad looking yeah. like a lot of the other Netflix movies we've watched cough project power cough. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like I think that was something that was enjoyable was just the production value, I guess. Like there is clearly a lot of attention to detail with the costumes and the set pieces and this and the cute little they had like I don't even know how to describe it but like the (laughs) scene transitions would be like old-timey movies and music and like cutouts and I don't know the illustrations were sort of funny of them all and so I liked it I just feel like what didn't land for me was it just felt kind of Hi, I don't even know. Honestly, I'm probably just dead inside at this point. I think that might be my problem in anything. I watch. Are we switching places <laughs> where it's like some kind of yeah. weird uh, Harry Potter curse <laughs> where where we only have one soul between us, and you had it for a while, and now I'm and now you're oh, passing no. it over to me. I hope not. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Um, Because (laughs) I'm feeling good. Even in my quarantine, I'm feeling alive. I somehow watched a Millie Bobby Brown movie and was very into it. However, you're just dumping on these things. You don't even want to see the new Curse Fantastic (laughs) Beast movie. I am dumping on that. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean... I think it was more, I think what you pointed out was right, is that this is ultimately a kid's film and I wasn't necessarily the target audience. And so I think I just didn't separate myself enough to really appreciate the, uh, I mean, juvenile sounds bad, but I just mean there were elements that just felt like under, under finished or overstuffed. And I was just like, what? What's happening? I th- I read an interesting article that was talking about the rating for this movie yeah. because it feels very much like it's a kid's movie. And I guess that they were sort of toying with the idea of like, should they try to get it a PG rating versus a PG-13 rating? But they were worried that like if it, it was rated PG, the audience wouldn't be like like adults wouldn't watch it if yeah. it was PG thir- if it was just PG so they purposely like act like boosted up some of the fight scenes a little bit so that they could bump it into the PG13 rating yeah and like no spoilers but that ending scene where the <laughs> where there's that dramatic murder i mean that was a shocking moment in this children's film for me i i have to say that just right out the bat with the grandma no before that with the like um the assassin and you just watch him (laughs) well now this is a spoiler but you just watch him fall and hit and oh oh yes on the pine cone uh (laughs) door runner or whatever damn that is a murder you know (laughs) well they gotta get that pg-13 they gotta get that (laughs) pg-13 um 
Oh, wait, let's run down the plot really quick for people who maybe did not watch this fantastic movie on Netflix. So Enola Holmes, played by Millie Bobby Brown, she is like, what, 10 years, 15 years younger than Sherlock and their brother, Mycroft? Never heard of that person. Is that a real Holmes? I don't know. Are you joking? Are you joking? You haven't watched a single Sherlock Holmes movie or a television show or anything? I thought that was Watson is the other person. <laughs> Watson is Sherlock's best friend and sidekick and and help. But Mycroft has always been like the older brother who's sort of the the pebble in Sherlock's shoe. And they're I read a ton <laughs> of these book stories growing up, and I swear I have never no, heard of this person. Is he in the deal. books? I don't know. I guess I've never actually read a Sherlock Holmes book, but I've watched almost oh. every iteration. And see, I'm pretty sure he's in him. Maybe I mean, we're just getting the opposite thing because no, I feel like I've because, never watched any of the of the movies or shows or whatever. But I've no, definitely, definitely read. I read The Hound of the Baskervilles. I read The Sign of Four. <laughs> I read like the all the little short stories. <laughs> okay, anyways, th- that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown is living with Helena Bonham Carter, her mother, who is like you don't need to go to a a fancy finishing school. I'm just going to teach you everything you need to know, like how to paint, how to do judo, how to, you know, do uh, break codes, all kinds of stuff. But then the mother disappears and leaves some clues behind. But the brothers decide, well, we got to put Enola in this finishing school, which is a no-go for Enola because Fiona Shaw from Aunt Petunia from Harry Potter and also from Killing Eve and also from Fleabag uh, shows up and is like this terrible headmistress. And so Enola goes on the run trying to solve the clues to find her mother and in the meanwhile ends up like tag teaming with this viscount this young boy who is running away from an assassin and the two of them go on various adventures and have to solve things body body blah culminating in this scene where the assassin (laughs) dies um but i think that maybe the part that i think was a little undercooked for me was the storyline with the mother's disappearance Mm -hmm. because she she goes away she's working with some kind of like uh underground suffragette community which maybe is plotting to like blow something up (laughs) um but we never really for sure know the details on that. And then when we find the mother again at the end of the movie, uh, she doesn't really say why she left concretely. Yeah. Um, and then she has to leave again. But I don't know. I felt like that plot line was sort of uh, not really fully yeah. explored. And I wonder if maybe they were saving that to a for a later movie because I felt like the plot with the Viscount was much more like concrete yeah. than the plot with the mom yeah no for sure it, it kind of started as this where'd you go bernadette style like oh is yes. her mom just going to find herself like this is bad parenting no matter how you cut it and then yeah this sort of finale explanation didn't really satisfy anything because i was like well she's like oh i wanted to protect you it's like well did you blow something up like i don't get it and why wouldn't you tell your <laughs> like first why would you choose that life over your daughter and also your daughter found a non-violent way to make this <laughs> vote happen but whatever we don't have to get into that um but actually what was kind of the dullest part for me i really liked millie bobby brown in this i thought she was really joyful and it was fun to see her play such a light-hearted role because usually she yes. is kind of you know, she's 11. She's serious and sad and sullen. Godzilla, she has a similar character arc where she's, 
you know, dealing with monsters and uh, wondering what her mom thinks of her. And so this was the first time where you got to see her kind of just play this sunny, interesting, like very curious and clever and strong-willed girl who knows exactly what she wants and what she's worth and will tell off her older brothers and like blah 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 it's all great and like girl boss stuff <laughs> but well, and also because of the oh, yeah. breaking the fourth wall she's like talking to the audience the whole time so you feel like you're sort of like in on the yeah. romp there's one scene that i really like where she's like being strangled by the assassin in a tub of water and she like plays dead and you think oh my gosh no he drowned her <laughs> and then she sort of like wakes up and winks at the camera which is at the bottom of the barrel of water and then like spins around and attacks him again and i don't know i just liked those kind of moments and it made you like her as a character more yeah and that's why it was surprising that she was the strongest and most interesting and dynamic actor in the movie when you also have someone as big as henry cavill and sam claflin who is clearly having fun as the mustachioed (laughs) mycroft but i was really disappointed by Sherlock Holmes I thought one he Henry Cavill wasn't doing the best like I I don't know he kind of phoned it in for me and I don't know if that's just speaking to his range as an actor or if it's more the the storyline itself but it just was kind of like every time it became it transitioned to these like the brothers and them trying to solve it too I was like I don't want this anymore there's too much of you you're not the interesting part like give me more Enola And it was interesting, too, because the first I heard of this movie was actually in the summer when it came out that the uh, the Conan Doyle estate was suing this movie because of its portrayal of Sherlock Holmes, um, which they felt aligned more with the later stories that were published in like 1923 and so are not currently part of the um, uh, what is it called? They. But public yeah, domain. Public domain. And so they were like, technically, if you're gonna have a Sherlock Holmes that's not a misogynistic douchebag, then you should have gotten our rights. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny angle for a suit. But I get it if they feel that. And I think it was ultimately I don't think it went anywhere and they didn't end up having to pay anything or anything, but or it's still ongoing. I feel like what happened here is that the I mean, I haven't read the books, but it feels like that probably in the books and in this story in general, the main thrust of it is Enola. Yeah. But because this is like a sh- in the Sherlock Holmes world, they wanted to have Sherlock in there. And right. especially if you cast a big name as Sherlock Holmes, then, you know, people, especially all of the Sherlock Holmes, like fan people in the world of whom there are many mm-hmm. will show up and watch that. And like Henry Cavill is a Netflix person because he has The Witcher. I was noticing like that a lot of the yeah. actors in this were sort of like Netflix people. And his role definitely is a lot smaller. And you feel like he probably went and shot all of his scenes in like a week. <laughs> uh, like him and Helena Bonham Carter both were just on set for a couple of days. But I the issue with Sherlock Holmes is that he's always so like neurotic yeah. and weird. And it's a great character for an actor to come in and like do some weird crap with it like a Robert Downey Jr. does because, you know, you can play with it in that way. But the script really didn't have him doing anything. He had sort of one scene where he lists off some 
things he noticed about this woman who runs the like karate school but otherwise he doesn't really have any scenes where he's doing Sherlock Holmesy kind of things yeah. and his scenes with Millie Bobby Brown he's supposed to be a little bit more reserved and Henry Cavill doesn't really strike me <laughs> as a super neurotic person anyways or in his acting style it's not like you know you got Jared Leto to come in and do it who's going to do all kinds of weird things so I just I don't know like what that I I think that he was fine in that role but for being a Sherlock Holmes it wasn't very Sherlock Holmesy and there wasn't that much interesting stuff to do with it and so when you're only popping in you know for a scene here and a scene there and you're really not given any interesting character notes. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of felt and a little flat. No... I was like, let's get back yeah. to Enola and the cute boyfriend. <laughs> that's what that's the that's the yeah. the stuff I want to be watching. Cuz like Sam Claflin was having fun. He was really leaning into it being this like posh douchey dude who was like you yes. must be a respectable woman. But then Henry was just, like, bored, and he was just kind of, I don't know. It, it just, like, I didn't know what he was striving for. And so mm-hmm. I could understand how this suit came about because he clearly isn't, like, a Sherlock Holmes type. And so maybe it does mirror more of the later stories, which I've never encountered. And Do you think maybe they to. had to cut things? I Do you think, think that because so. of the lawsuit, maybe they had to, like, cut a scene or two? I think it's technically still... I mean, the article I read, like didn't, pending yeah, or like whatever, it's still in the works or whatever. So I don't think so. Or because they didn't say anything about that. And I don't think they had to even like settle or pay anything. I think it's either still happening or it was kind of just thrown out. But yeah, no, I don't think we can blame like an forced editing job on his performance. And it did just kind of. They were just like, I think that was it was like that a lot of the movie did feel like it was geared towards capturing the adult audience, too, and being like, see, it's a Sherlock Holmes movie. And here's the bumbling um, (laughs) Scotland Yard police officer. Oh, yes. Look at all these old characters you can follow, too. But then ultimately, the only interesting characters for me were Enola and what is his name? Viscount Tewksbury. Tewksbury, Yeah. Uh, and that yeah and that storyline was kind of like yeah you could poke holes in it and kind of draw it out and be like this doesn't make sense what happened here but it was ultimately like fun and interesting and uh engaging enough that i think if they leaned into that more with more confidence it could have been a stronger film overall Oh, yeah. Well, and all of the hijinks were coming from the two of them. You know, they're like, oh, we're hiding in a carpet bag. We're jumping off a train. Like, they were the ones who had all the fun bits. You know who, though, I thought was really seemed to be enjoying themselves in this movie was Fiona Shaw as sort of like the evil headmistress (laughs) of the boarding school. She, like, driving around in her weird car, (laughs) sort of, like, slapping children. I don't know. I thought that she was uh, she was she was delightful in this. (laughs) Sort of like an Ampetunia-esque figure again, but I liked her. With a weird sexual tension with (laughs) Sam, well, with Mycroft and Sam Coughlin, yeah. Yeah, pretty Mm -hmm. funny. I mean, so what did you think of the, you know, this is a mystery, it's a a detective film, so how do you think the mystery played out? Did you like it? I mean, so the mystery with Tewksbury, I feel like you 
sort of got right away you're because you're seeing like various news clips about this story where there's some kind there's a vote on a reform bill and the lords need like one more vote and tewksbury this kid is a lord so you can kind of put the pieces together and realize okay someone's trying to kill him so that then this bill doesn't go through and parliament Mm -hmm. but i was surprised that it was his grandmother (laughs) who was the one trying to kill him and that the grandmother had already killed his father so when she like shoots him in cold blood at the end uh i was like whoa i did not necessarily see that coming (laughs) but yeah i mean it's a kid's mystery so it yeah it it felt like a ya book mystery you know or i mean like or like a middle grade book yeah like i liked that it like, it was simple, but it wasn't dumb. Like, it didn't feel, like, dumb. Yeah. It didn't feel like a stretch or a reach. It was just, like, we're putting these pieces together, and it'll be easy to follow, but it's still, like, a fun time. And I think um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a wild twist just in the fact that... The grandma who's yeah. um, uh, Madame Maxine in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes back to Harry, I guess, in this episode. Yeah. It, it, that was pretty dark. That was pretty wild that they went that far because she does just shoot him point blank with a shotgun. And you think, wow, that was heavy. <laughs> but, I mean, he survives and it's all happy and go lucky after that. Because but... he's wearing a suit of armor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, agents of the patriarchy, man. Women are wi- white women. Problems everywhere. But I that is another other thing in this story right is it's a very feminist very um uh girl powery like you know a lot around the character obviously is very pro you know female wit and strength and brains but then the storyline too follows the suffragette movement which i think is interesting and kind of kind of fun and like obviously was the story historically accurate i don't think so but i think it's still a mostly good way. i just wanted more of that yeah because that was the mom <laughs> plot line the where do you go bernadette mom plot yeah. line that was sort of fizzled out i right. wanted more of the suffragette thing yeah and i think it's a nice introduction to a lot of a lot of kids who probably don't know or think about the suffragette movement and so i think that itself was a cool idea and that is what millie bobby brown said drew her i mean her and her sister were both like we wanted to make sure that this like touched on that because we were so obsessed with learning about the suffragette when we were i mean they're still kids so you know last year or whatever when i was a child i wanted yeah. to learn about the suffragettes i was so obsessed yeah. with them so now that i'm I liked... 16 and a full-grown adult i don't it's so boring yeah i liked that i think there were some fun surprises in the in the movie and like it felt fresh and like a fun idea that didn't yeah it didn't dumb down its content for its children it's like audience and i i appreciate that because too often i like sit in kids movies like sonic the hedgehog or the no. <laughs> secret life of how pets. dare you how like, dare you come for sonic than this like you can respect children's ability to follow along a story and i think a movie like this can kind of help prove that point i'm excited for the second one because apparently they're they're going to make a sequel uh pending that this does well which i think it has yeah so i would imagine we'll be getting another one of those i i hope that it like maybe deals with the mother more yeah. or something in that world a little bit more now that we've gotten that taste well, and um, Helena bonham carter seemed to be having a good time too so oh yeah she was a fun adult in the movie i mean she was doing 
pure Helena Bonham Carter. (laughs) But yes, she was great. She was enjoying every second of, you know, sort of like crawling around on the floor and, (laughs) you know, doing judo with her daughter and making secret codes and wearing weird glasses. So, Yeah. yeah, she was great. Um, I'm trying to think, Was is there anything else that <laughs> we can talk about with this movie? I'm looking at my notes like, wow, yeah. we've only had the, this is going to be a short yeah. episode, baby. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it is. It's a simple movie and it's like, I I don't know, like, yeah, for the now, later, never type thing. Like, I don't think it's a never and I don't know if it's a later or now, but it's like, it was serviceable and I feel like <laughs> that's good enough in a lot of ways, but I will say I can see why it got the praise it did for an audience who's probably not me. I mean, yeah, I will say this about the movie. Like, if you are a, uh, like, 32-year-old living alone who, you know, is wa- like wants to watch a movie or, like, wants to watch a movie with your husband or something, like, is this necessarily the movie for you? Eh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of other better things on Netflix that maybe you want to watch before you get to this. <laughs> but if you're like, if you have kids, if you're with the family, if you're on like a vacation with your cousins or whatever, this feels like a movie that the kids would like, but also the adults would like. I also just think that comparing it to some of like comparing it to Mulan mm. or some of the other kind of fair, I guess, that you'd have for the family right now. I think this is one of the better things that we've seen yeah, recently. That's fair. This is way better than Mulan. Um, this is way yeah, more Mulan, fun than was Mulan. Terrible. Mulan was so bad. And I love that that they were like, let's make this movie for China. And then China was like, yeah, we don't want this movie. This is bad. And the U.S. is like, yeah, we don't really want it either. So, yeah. No, so this is definitely more fun. It's just... Uh... Yeah, I think that's a good reminder. Um, okay, lightning round questions. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make a new Sherlock Holmes adaption that stars one actor from Harry Potter, <laughs> one actor who played a superhero, and one of the Stranger Things oh, kids. Okay, okay, who okay, are you casting? Okay, 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 okay. Um, one of the Stranger Things kids. I think I like Will Byers. Oh, yeah, he's the best. And then, so I guess he'd be the young, the young detective. And then from Harry Potter and from a superhero movie. Yes. I would go with, you know what? I'm going to trust her. I want to give her another chance. I'm going to go with um, Captain Marvel, you know, get her off the YouTube channel. Oh, Brie Larson, yeah. Yes. Bring her back, see what she can do there. And then from Harry Potter, I think a good wizened uh uh someone who can support our young will is um i think <laughs> i like watching um oh no what's her name the evil headmistress character oh umbridge yeah, Imelda staunton yeah, i want her she's also going to be in the crown oh. so that's <laughs> there you Perfect. go firing on all cylinders okay I think that I want the young person to be Max, the mm-hmm. the redheaded yeah, girl. And then her mentors to be Michael B. Jordan <laughs> and Voldem and, and Voldemort himself, Rafe <laughs> Fiennes. How great is that movie right there? I just there for want you? to know the relationship here. Like what are you picturing? 
they're like all orphans or something, oh. you know, like she's an orphan and she's an orphan who, who, who Michael B. Jordan, Sherlock Holmes sort of takes oh, in cool and Sherlock then, Holmes, yeah. and then Ray finds is, is, I don't know, like, uh, like some kind of wealthy benefactor <laughs> who's sort of like hires them to solve a case. Very nice. Good idea. I think you have some wild cards in there that just make it like, oh, I've got to know more. So, well, what is your, what is the plot of your movie? Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't have time to think of it, but I'm just, I was just reacting to those three very different choices. And I just think, I, I guess mine would be, um, is Imelda Staunton Will Byers' mother or grandmother or friend? I think she's like the quirky neighbor who needs help solving something, but then it turns out she's more involved than you ever realized. And I think Brie Larson is somehow the villain, but she has a she has a come to Jesus moment where she decides to help. Um <laughs> Mm, <laughs> just okay. off the top of my head um okay in this movie uh enola holmes has to hide from her brothers and decides the best disguise would be looking like a proper woman so she dresses all up so what would be your go-to disguise that your family would never expect to see you in you know i have thought about this numerous oh. times <laughs> Like if I not with my family, but like if I was ever, you know, on the run or whatever, you know right, how everybody right. in a movie's like, I got to dye my hair blonde yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I think this is what I do. Uh, well, there's two there's two okay. options. If I was in real life, what I would do is just like shave my head, <laughs> grow a beard and like start putting on as much weight as I possibly could. Like that, I think, is the best Yikes. way to to disguise Can yourself. You grow a beard? Because I mean, I can grow enough of something to to make me look not like myself. I mean, if you saw like a pudgy bald guy with a patchy beard walking around, would you be like, Oh, there's my old podcast host. (laughs) But if I was in a movie and I was trying to make it, you know, more fun, I think it's dress up like a drag queen. I think that is because then you're sort of like hiding in plain sight because people are, are looking at you, but they're not like thinking that you're you. That's a good point. Yeah. You know what? This is, I have a, bunch of michael b jordan is a drag queen (laughs) he was a drag queen um but i i was gonna say i think my go-to quick disguise would be like um like someone who's really into a sports team like i'd have a jersey and i'd like paint my face and i'd wear like pom-poms and i'd be at a tailgate. that would be the most unconvincing costume like, yeah. ever for you shelby <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you'll be like athlete, oh do you I'm like the fan. team and you'd be like yeah it's, uh sports the, the ball coming down the court man well, that's the point is like, i just have to blend in i have to be someone they'd never pick out of a crowd because it's just so unlikely to be me you know that's the point i guess that's true i guess that's, that's the true. point of the in the movie at least is she's not trying to pass as a lady. She just needs to look enough like a lady that if she were to pass them, they wouldn't notice her. That's true. Well, she also dresses up like a boy in the yeah, movie. Do true. you, maybe you could go that route. Yeah. But just, just like, like cut off all of your hair. Features. Like, it'd just be so obvious, you know, and be like Gigi <laughs> trying to pass as a man. It's just, no. <laughs> my, I think you could pull off Amanda Bynes like... in, um, uh, in she's the man. <laughs> Yeah. A bowl cut. You know what? If it gets Channing Tatum to notice me, maybe it'll be worth it. You could be like um uh 
uh oh ah uh, shoot what's her name um tilda swinton in mm. suspiria where she made the casting wow, or the yeah, prop people make story. her a fake penis <laughs> to wear around because she felt like she needed that for right. her really energy is playing an old man well if i have more time then maybe that'll be my go-to disguise okay perfect what is your favorite flower <laughs> i like sunflowers oh that's a good answer what's yours i was I was trying to think of mine and I was like, do I have a favorite flower that's like a flower flower? <laughs> and then I ended up thinking that I think my favorite flower is the poinsettia. Oh, wow. Like a little poisonous, but nice to look at. Very on brand for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that I'm nice to look at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I, yeah. Wow. There yeah. was there was a compliment you that you snuck out. Yeah, I regret it, but, you know, we'll see <laughs> if anything to help you get through these quarantine days. Um, oh, thank you. I was going to ask, did you have a supremely creepy childhood toy that you carried with you? And uh... <laughs> A weird pine cone? <laughs> um, no, but I will say that for whatever reason, and this is all on my parents, uh, growing up, instead of like a blanket, you know, that you'd mm-hmm. carry around, m- the blanket that I carried around were was like I had uh, numerous cloth diapers oh, nice. that I would like drag around with me as my blanket. I never wore cloth diapers, so I'm not sure like where we got these or what they were for, but that was, you know, a thing that I had. You know, actually, my mom had a bunch of cloth diapers far after she had babies and she said they were great for um like window cleaning so maybe that was it well these i mean i was the oldest child so these were like (laughs) never used cloth diapers i know i'm saying maybe they heard through the grapevine that it was good for glass cleaning and so they just bought it oh okay but then yeah and then then i was like nope these are for me yeah (laughs) yes did you have a weird toy i didn't i had a i guess i'm trying to remember no i had a blanket that i wore thin but I did not drag around a pine cone dressed as a, what was it, like a rat? Like a, oh, it was meant to be a dog. I thought it was just. It was meant to be one of yeah. the dogs or something. It looked very creepy Strange. when I pulled it out. Bizarre. Yeah. Yes. Like, Whoa. I was like, we could have done better. do that. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wouldn't sleep with it under my pillow. Thank you very much. How dirty. <laughs> like a pine cone, it feels like, if, especially if you're dragging it on the ground, it's going to catch all kinds of stuff because there's all kinds <laughs> yeah. of nooks and crannies in there. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. My last question is, if you had to be the younger sibling of a famous literary character, who would it be? Mm. Oh, this is a good question. I have an answer if you want me to go first. So my answer is I think I would want to be the great Gatsby's younger brother. Oh, nice. Because that feels very like my vibe, sort of like a little con manny, a little like party scene. Well, then when he dies, you inherit it all. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's like he dies. I mean, that's the story, right? Is that he dies and I move to New York as like ray gatsby and and start you know working on it again yes that is a good idea i guess i was thinking similarly like uh i was trying to think of who was the wealthiest um 
<laughs> we're both I just know. like who's rich that's who we want to be <laughs> like emma i don't know like but she i wouldn't inherit anything you know i feel like you have emma vibes yeah. just like as a person yeah, for sure so much we're being so nice to each other on this podcast i don't know if that's necessarily a compliment but sure <laughs> you can take it, it as well um no she's I great her. i've always felt that way i identify with her and all that but i guess i'm trying to think of anyone else i um if it wasn't about the money you want to be like anna green gables uh (laughs) no in fact all of my favorites are kind of like tragic characters so (laughs) well if they die that's great for you you get the stuff like the house of mirth is one i love but she like dies in in shame and poverty and no one loves her anymore and be like Ethan Fromm. She dies <laughs> yeah. in the sledding accident. Yeah. So I guess I'll stick with Emma. And I, I think I'd be taken care of even if I could never make my own match. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, Emma'd be trying to make matches for you. Oh, that's, that's the whole true, point yeah. of Emma. So, yeah, But they don't go well. So do I want that? Yeah. <laughs> well, she'd be Your true love, would the local farmer, would be like, Shelby, I want to marry you. And your sister would be like, no, Shelby, you could do better than that. <laughs> the viscount that's what you need count yes um well i didn't have any other questions either so okay well this episode is a shorty (laughs) which is good we'll be back next week who knows what in the world we will be talking about i don't know will netflix have a new movie so some way the bachelor is coming back right yeah october 13th though it's like forever oh gosh that's a long ways away (laughs) there i mean there are there are some more movies coming out like on demand i think um i feel like apple has something that's coming out that i was excited about there's there's things i don't know we'll figure it (laughs) out we'll be back next tuesday with another pop culture roundup and then next thursday talking about something uh follow us on social media we're at psu wrong on instagram and twitter you can send us an email at psu wrong at gmail.com and you can also always leave us a review on apple Podcasts, which we will read aloud on the show that helps more people find it we're trying to get to a hundred please leave us a review we'll see you on thursday or next week bye